Hello friends and folks and welcome back to the 2018 Gimmick Awards. This is our last Gimmick Award category, but not our last Gimmick Award podcast. I am Six Detmar of Scanline Media. And I am Jennifer Uncle of Scanline Media. And I'm Ryan, not of Scanline Media. But Congratulations there. for escaping the media. Oh. Are you are you like Napa? Do you hate the media? Can never escape the media. Ryan, it's good to have you back on the internet. You were off the internet for so long, it was impossible to get a hold of you, but now you're back, uh, and you're here to talk about video games. <laughs> Six months without the internet. Uh, we're here to talk about the best side activity in 2018 video games. Um, now, the definition of this category is a bit nebulous. I feel like I had it in my head, mm-hmm. but uh, we're, well, we'll figure it out together as we go along, basically. <laughs> Uh, uh, Jen, oh. what's our list of... You what, saying what? that reminded me that I wanted to add something else. Um, and okay. I'll, I will quietly do that. Okay. All right. Uh, Jen, can you go ahead and read our list of nominees? Should I wait for... Uh... No, go ahead. Okay. So we have Turbo Mode from Dota 2, the Hostess Club from Yakuza Kiwami 2, the Pico 8 version of Celeste within Celeste, the arcade game in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Competitive wheelchair balancing in A Way Out, Castle Wars in Halo 5, Strawberry Hunting in Celeste, and Character Creation in Soul Calibur 6. Um, and I'll add, this is one we could bring up also as like a weird debate about what this category is about, but uh, in Forza Horizon 4, you can drive a really tiny car, uh, you can strap <laughs> a really powerful engine onto it, and do drag races in it, and your car goes ridiculous directions, and I want to nominate that, because, oh my god. Hmm. Gosh. You're bringing, you're bringing all the, like, the pushing the definition of this category. Both of the ones where I'm like, hmm, are you? <laughs> I This is because I haven't thought of, like, what... Okay. I, like, almost all of these make sense, and I'm like... What did I have fun doing that wasn't directly related to the main game in some way? Mm -hmm. Um, But you can make an argument that it is, so I don't know. (laughs) Well, we'll get we'll we'll talk about it. Actually, I'm gonna rename it. Okay. Good. Death sled. (laughs) (laughs) Death sled. Forza Horizon Four. And sorry, I'm trying to look up the name of the car, but you can continue. The sled that deaths people. Uh, it's the 1962 Peel P50. Please just Google the car model. Um, and then there's a skin that makes it look like a toy uh, thing. It's good. So, all right. Um, I feel like often we talk about easy cuts first in these categories, but we don't have to do it that way. Um I feel like in this category, instead, let's talk about ones that, like, are, are very personal to a particular person, right? Okay. Like, sure. Like, because there are going to be a lot of these that, like, I don't know, only one of us experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, um, I- I'll go ahead and start out with the wheelchair balancing, because it's it's pretty interesting. Like, um... A Way Out is a game that can only be played cooperatively. It's this narrative thing that goes for a couple hours, basically. And um, 
you're basically playing these two convicts as they try to they try to escape prison, and once they escape prison, you play them as they're on the run. Throughout, there's a bunch of plot details like um, trying to use someone's house without while they're out, or going to see your going to see your wife in the hospital um, while cops are looking for you. And throughout, uh, they have little diversions where you can play small mini games. They range from things like uh, playing pickup basketball with one of the uh, convict's sons, a game of chess, a um, musical thing that's kind of like a guitar hero rhythm game. But the most ridiculous is while you're at that hospital avoiding cops who are waiting for you, so you can go see your pregnant wife. You can go over to a pair of wheelchairs, each character gets in one, and they have to see how, for how many seconds each one can do a wheelie in this wheelchair. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's a tonal break from everything else in the game, except for the other mini games like that, but it is by far the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in a narrative game like this. So... My impression of A Way Out is that it is very, like, it takes its narrative pretty seriously and it's pretty bad, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, does this feel like a moment where they, where, they're, where they step back and they're like, okay, but this is all dumb? Or does this feel like they're just completely clueless? I'd say they're completely clueless because the way that the minigames are structured, it seems like people, it seems like someone on that team was like, well, this isn't enough of a game. What can we do to give people something to do while they're getting between story beat to story beat? So they put in a bunch of things like this and scattered them around in places that might be, their, their placement might be appropriate for the kind of activity they're doing, but they're completely inappropriate for the story they're telling. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of A Way Out, uh, a lot of the side stuff from that game, just, uh, they just added stuff to just add stuff, at least that's how it feels. Uh, unrelated, but this is in the same area of the game, there's like an easter egg where you can like sit on the couch, and your character goes to sleep, and they dream about being on the moon, and you just walk on the moon for a bit, and then you wake up, and this is in the hospital still. Oh my god, I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about it until I looked it up later, so. Huh. Jeez. <laughs> How wow. did this get made? Uh, Infinite Money? Is that, uh, who gave them money? Who published it? EA. Uh, the EA. Oscars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, Jeff. It was a stunning betrayal. The Oscars gave them the money, and then they turned on and were like, fuck the Oscars, and, and made a wheelchair balancing game. This game got nominated for Best Narrative at the Game Awards. Which <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, uh, 2018, yeah, it goes, was, 2018 was weird, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it goes to show you just what the Game Awards are, really. Yeah. yeah. Woof. Um... So I imagine I'm going to be the only one talking about the Hostess Club from Yakuza Ooh, words. Yakuza <laughs> Kiwami 2. Um, so in Yakuza 0, they had the Hostess Club originally, um, where it was like you were the, um, you were playing as, when you played as Majima, there were like, like little mini cabaret clubs. They weren't called Hostess Clubs yet, just historically in Japan. And basically it turns it into this like management style, like, 
diner dash or like cook serve delicious thing where you have like staff and you train them to be good at various things and you try and match guests up with the kind of personality they like and you make sure that their ashtrays are empty because of course it's japan in the 80s and everyone smokes a fuck ton um and it's really really good i um i like yakuza kiwami 2 a lot i like all the yakuza games a lot kiwami 2 might be the best one and yet I still stopped playing Yakuza Kiwami's story for three hours just to play a shitload of the Hostess Club. <laughs> um, it's extremely good. So, is it basically the same structure as Zeros, or...? Yeah, it's a better version of Zeros, but it is the same basic structure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't really get into the one in Zero, but I definitely saw how people who were into more simulation style games might get a kick out of it mm -hmm. yeah it was pretty and you could go out and like scout new people and you could go talk to other businesses and form like a like a advertising arrangement with them so that they'd hand out like flyers for your thing at their convenience store and there was there is it was a whole thing it was great nice um yeah i guess i'll talk about celeste um Recently, I started playing that game again, and uh, one of the things I did was I just turned all the assist options on. Celeste has assist mode, and you can do stuff like turn on invincibility and uh, turn on like infinite dash. And uh, you grab in that game, you have stamina. You can turn on infinite stamina. So I just turned all that stuff on. Um, and you can collect strawberries, which are like the collectible. It doesn't really give you any rewards. It's just a thing you can do. Um, and so I just kind of zoned out on a bad day and just collected strawberries for hours, listened to the game's music, and just had a really chill time. So, um, and I like, I, I like the challenge of Celeste. I play that game like without assist mode, and I thought it was awesome but this felt like a different experience to me where it's just like i'm just not really engaging i'm literally like dashing through the things that would kill you because i have invincibility on and i'm just like what what obstacle what do you mean i'll get the strawberry over here now hmm. um and it was just it was just a chill time um and i i guess i guess the fact that i'm not really engaging with the the levels as they are designed and instead just moving around um i guess i'm engaging with the character movement but like in terms of the actual way the game is designed like i guess the strawberries are hidden in levels that i do have to then find but it just felt like a an entirely different experience than what was intended that i i felt mm. like i felt like that um that I wanted to include this here, so. Yeah, did you ever do the uh, one-up um, situation? What is that? So, the thing about strawberries is once you quote-unquote collect them, they'll trail after you for a bit. If you keep moving, they'll keep trailing after you. And you can kind of chain them together like that. And if you get a certain amount of strawberries chained together like that and absorb them, the game gives you a little one-up icon. <laughs> hmm. I did, never did that. Um, the, the, I guess one thing that happens if you... I think this is after... I 
could be wrong. This is either after you 100% the game or you get all the strawberries. The game is like, cool, now there's a golden strawberry at the beginning of, of each level, and if you die, you lose it. And I was like, ha, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds mess. That sounds that sounds rough. But, uh, yeah. I, I feel like I'm I'm kind of torn because I feel like, I mean, that definitely sounds like a compelling experience, but it also just seems like playing the same game differently. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I like if you're both OK with it on this category, then like rock on. For me, it feels like a weird fit. But yeah, only thing for me is I feel like the Pico 8 version of Celeste within Celeste is a bit. It's yeah. A bit closer to that. Yeah, situation. it's a bit closer to what the category is. I just wanted to shout that out. So. Yeah, it, it's a cool. I really like how Celeste has a number of ways you can play it. Even I said it. my piece, as they say <laughs> on the giant bomb. Uh, yeah. tsh, never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna do an edit, and then there's gonna be a robot <laughs> voice saying, like, as they say on previous years of the gimmick awards. okay so uh i'm probably not going to get this on the list because neither of you like dota (laughs) um but turbo mode is uh i'm increasingly oh is this where you just play the game but faster it's well okay you play the game but faster there are other changes made but basically it's Mm -hmm. like you earn gold faster the like the towers destroy faster every like everything is sped up everything is made less punishing and it just is like is like a more arcadey version of dota and in this year where i was like you know what i don't care about playing ranked you know what i would like to have a good time and not be yelled at by people from various european countries um i was like maybe maybe Turbo mode is like the real Dota, where you can just go in and have a good time and not worry about... Like, you can do dumb shit in Turbo and it's fine. You can win, you can lose, you can get stomped. It takes 20 minutes, who cares? It's fine. That sounds really cool. It's great. Yeah. I don't I don't think, like, except for if I'm asked to be a substitute player in an amateur league again, I don't know if I'm going to play very much of regular Dota anymore. Hmm. <laughs> So maybe it's not a side activity. Maybe it is the real Dota, and the be- the side activity is ranked match, and ranked match is not the best. <laughs> so let's go ahead and cut turbo mode, I guess. Should we talk about the winner? What do you uh, think, Ryan? I don't want to end the show with a showstopper. <laughs> well, the show right. has to be stopped at some point. Well, we'll get to the other ones first. Okay, okay. What else do we have left? Uh, we haven't talked about uh, Xenoblade, we haven't talked about Soul Calibur, and we haven't really talked about the Death Slit. We also really, really haven't touched on the Pico 8 thing either. Yeah. So we got we got content. Alright, fair not burn, Let's not burn pod, as they say on... <laughs> <laughs> Should I just talk about the, Pico, the Celeste thing, since we already yeah. did a Celeste thing? I haven't recently. messed with it as much as you might have had, because I think my one minor clip about it is that you can't save your progress in it, which I kind of get. It's like a side thing. It's yeah, it, it's basically the Pico 8 version of Celeste that existed before this version came out. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you, you kind of find it at in a dusty room of the haunted hotel, um, kind of out of the way. And then uh, if you activate it once, it goes onto the main menu. 
And, um, yeah, it, it's pretty much the same as regular Celeste. Uh, in, in terms of just, you have, you have jumps at some point, you get the triple jump like you do in the story. Um, uh, you can't grab. Oh, yeah, you can't grab. That, that's also Which important Which is huge. It changes the entire flow of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, the, the levels are pretty difficult, too. I, I was able to get through, but, um... Yeah, I, I didn't get all of the strawberries, but I got for I got far enough to actually finish it, and that was kind of cool. Kind of that a, as a small proof of concept. Here's what this thing initially looked like before we put all this work and uh, made it. We expanded on upon it in an, a decent way. Yeah. And so here's the part where I get dragged. Um, I like the way the Pico Eight version plays better than actual Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> I like the feel of it a lot. And regular Celeste doesn't feel bad, but there's a crispness to the peak away version that I really enjoy. Hmm. There's something about the way that you fall like a rock when you jump that's very enticing about that, that peak away version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I haven't played enough of the peak eight version to judge it on that level. I, I don't know. I just wish you could see your progress because I didn't yeah. know you couldn't. And then I exited out and I was like, oh. Yeah, that's a okay. big bummer. That there's not at least like save states or something. Yeah. Yeah, that that would have been good to add. Uh, yeah, the fact that you can't grapple is such a huge thing, and you, I, I tried to, you try to do it once, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> I can't do this. I actually playing regular Celeste kept forgetting I could grapple because it felt weird to me. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. It helps a lot, but yeah. you. I've watched speed runs of this game. You don't need to grapple if you know what you're doing. I don't know what most, I'm doing. Most times. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Jen, do you want to talk about the arcade game in Xenoblade? Yeah. So this is a, this is a bit of a weird thing. Um, there's a, at some point you meet this character that's kind of like an inventor person he kind of sucks, but uh, you help him create um, his own artificial blade named Poppy, who is this robot girl. And uh, unlike the other characters, which you level naturally, um, the way that you get new abilities for Poppy is he has a arcade machine in his uh, small house. And it is just ridiculous fishing, like a very retro-looking version of ridiculous fishing that's focused on treasure instead of fish. You hit the button, you make the claw go down, and you're picking up treasure pieces and parts. And then once you've picked all that stuff up, you start going back up and you have to hold on to them. And uh, yeah, aside from being a weird way to level another character that's completely outside the normal way you do things... uh, I just found it really funny that this um, Japanese company, Monolith Soft, ended up putting an entire... They, they pretty much made a clone of an indie game and put it in their game as well. That's that's really weird. I yeah. feel bad for, for Vlambeer. So many people cloning their games and it just, you know, <laughs> it's been years since Ridiculous Fishing, but these companies just aren't satisfied with stealing all of Vlambeer's money. Now they have to put yeah. it in their JRPGs, How too. How are they going to make money? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be playing that Poppy arcade game. <laughs> this is the worst subtweet in the world. <laughs> Leveling up the robot girl. <laughs> She's a maid, you know. 
Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, she boots up on in her initial setting is made and the the awful little um inventor dude's like, Oh oh no, oh no, we have to switch that off right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm okay cutting it. I just wanted to mention this company put in a clone of Ridiculous Fishing and it got into this Nintendo published game. That kind of amused me. Yeah, that's a it's a weird thing, and that's you know, I like that they're experimenting with ways to engage with classic, like like oh, you level up through like even if it's just for one character, you level up through playing this weird mini game. Hey, they're trying stuff. I like it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, you know who's not trying stuff? Hmm. Soul Calibur 6, because we put on the character creation. I'm the one who put it on, but I put it on to drag them one more time in one more category for the <laughs> fact that it's still not as good as the Soul Calibur 3 character creator. It still has fewer features and fewer options, and that's lame. But I still that's did enjoy fair. it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's still a highlight of Soul Calibur 6, but uh, it, it stinks that there are pieces that you have to get by buying DLC and that there isn't as much you can do as you can do in something like Soul Calibur 3. And there are also just weird limitations where you're like, I want to put this jacket on and also this shirt. And it's like, these jacket and this shirt are mutually exclusive. And you're like, why? Why do you care? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, you can... It won't let you do that, but it will let you create a gigantic cube that totally breaks anyone's understanding of Hitbox and bring that into competitive multiplayer. Yep. Yeah, mm. no, it's clearly not a balance issue. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's just weird. We mentioned we mentioned the Death Sled at the top. Um, it's really good. One of my favorite memories of Force Horizon 4 is uh, John... Uh, Jam, uh, he mentioned that he did this thing where he just put an engine on a small car and put it in the drag race. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll think about doing that. And then I just went out, went on about my play session, and I was like, all right, maybe I should try that small car thing. And then I tried it, and then I immediately just just broke down oh it was just so much fun like just sitting on a call with y'all and just doing that and just losing our minds was so much fun it's really like it's not just funny and fun it's also really interesting because at least for me like i don't know a lot about cars right but yeah. i legit learned about torque because i'm like wait why the <laughs> fuck does this thing pull right I'm not touching the steering wheel, and it's a, like it's a symmetrical car. What's going on? It's like, oh, that's the direction of the force. And it's like, also for context, this thing has three wheels. That too. That too. One um, of the front, two in the back. But oh, it's, that car. But it's yes. actually it's actually perfect because because of that torque, because of the fact that it will pull right, even if you're on a straightaway, it's impossible to drive straight because it starts to turn. And then the second you touch the steering wheel, it just flips the fuck over. <laughs> also, the like disappointment, but also like I don't know what else I expected was like 
I I was playing during winter, and I was like, oh, there's a winter event drag race. <laughs> so I, I hit up John, and I was like, all right, let's go. And then it drove perfectly. We had what? no issues driving <laughs> through the ice. <laughs> we, were, we were like, well, I mean, that's kind of a bummer, but fair enough. <laughs> My first introduction to it was uh, Alan, our friend Alan, discovering it while we were doing a Forza-thon. Um, and so we were doing one of those ones where it was like, you know, like hit the ramp and get enough air. And Alan's just like, I'm actually going to try this build out that I have it. And then Alan just starts laughing. And then like this, like <laughs> this, like rifled cannonball spins past me, like slams into the ramp and just goes flying into the air. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's like fucking a Tom Brady, like bullet pass just shoots over my shoulder. It was like, what the fuck? Uh, so so God. I think it makes sense to the top three if only because it it's A fun and B it taught six science. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um I think we should cut competitive wheelchair balancing. Yes. Yeah, if if we're having one ridiculous vehicle thing, might as well have the death sled over the wheelchair. If you could have kept riding the wheelchair through the rest of the mission that I would have been down with it if there were like scenes with like the cops holding you up and one person still balancing on the chair because they haven't lost it yet then I would consider it oh that'd be great <sighs> Ryan we made it it's time Halo 5 Castle Wars so basically what this is is it's a, <laughs> it's a temporary mode in Halo 5 which is a shame yeah, temporary God. part but there's two you're on, there's two, like, castle areas, and there's a bridge between them, and everybody just has swords and grenades. Um, there's some, like, guns, there's some, like, turrets and some of the maps. The bad which maps, kinda, yeah. It's kind of is a bummer. Oh, and there's also warthogs and stuff. Um, and so it's so it's just a mess of two teams running at each other on a bridge. Some people are running over their own team with the warthog, but like just running at each other with swords, and it's just chaos and grenades are going off. And yeah, and the objective is just, capture the flag, but like the objective capture the flag, but like that's that's <laughs> incidental. So okay, so Halo Five introduced an interesting feature, right? Where they wanted to make it more like esports ready, they wanted to make people think it's more about the so combat, good. right? This is so good. So they're like, okay, we want people to think more dynamically about like matchups in combat. So if you're up against someone who's using like a sniper rifle, the guy next to you as you're running, as they, you know, like an enemy with a sniper rifle steps into view, will be like, careful, heads down, he's got a sniper, right? Um, <laughs> and of course, those lines exist for power weapons like the shotgun or like the energy sword. Um, and in this mode, everyone has an energy sword. <laughs> and so, so everybody just goes around yelling, hey, look out for that sword. <laughs> you'll like, you'll turn a cor corner and you'll, you'll be like three dudes with swords against six dudes with swords. And then one person will go, careful, he's got a sword. <laughs> it's, just, it's incredible. It is the best comedy I've experienced all year. I think you said that somebody drove past you in a warthog and you only heard part of the bark and you just heard sword. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
If this mode ever comes back, I'll need to play this with y'all. That's so good. And it's so, and so yeah. good. They bring it back every couple of months, mm-hmm. and it just just be a permanent mode because I would just play it all the time. It's so much fun. <laughs> and so, like, because those are your only options, you get like like more than warthogs. They have a lot of the mongoose, the little like like quads and so you get like instances of like you know people running each other with mongooses people with swords running at a speeding mongoose trying to like stab through the windshield (laughs) you get people like turning around pulling the pin on a grenade saying careful he's got a sword and then getting run over um it's it's oh it's incredible one time i meleeed somebody who was meleeing somebody else and then immediately after i did that i got hit by a warthog (laughs) It's incredible. <laughs> One time, I was I was driving, um, and I <laughs> I took a mongoose, and I accidentally like I got hit like a grenade landed in front of me, blew me into the air. I was okay, and then a grenade landed on my undercarriage. I landed the car on top of the person who threw the grenade at me, and we both died from the explosion. <laughs> this mode's incredible. It's so good. And I guess I'm wondering what we cut to make our top three. <laughs> yeah, this is this is kind of tough. Um, hmm. I guess out of all of these, um, Celeste is probably the one we need to cut as as much as it hurts. Because uh, I lean Death Sled. I think. Huh. Okay. Deathsled's really good, but it also, I mean, like, it is just a weird tuning for a car. It's a very good weird tuning for a car. <laughs> but. Okay, I yeah. I, I'm fine with the Deathsled being cut then. Yeah. All right. And then uh, Castle Wars wins. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have any objections to that because the story that you it's told me so is so good. incredible. It's so good. <laughs> And I was like, I hit up six because V just wanted to play a mode with swords in it. And then I was like, all right, this mode's got swords in it. Let's go. (laughs) And this was before I realized how good the mode is. So, like, it went from six, hey, there's an event here, to, like, six, you need to play this now. (laughs) And then you need to play it right now. And then, like, there was another night where I was like, man, like, I'm not, like, I'm whatever. I'm going to go to bed. And you hit me up and you're like, you want to play some Halo? And I was like, Dude, no. And you're like, Castle Wars is back. I'm like, fucking let's do it. <laughs> uh, and and also, the, the final piece of the puzzle is that on voice, every once in a while, Ryan will just say to each other, Ryan and I will just say to each other, carefully, he's got a sword, and both lose he's it. He's got a sword. <laughs> Careful. Uh, stay away from that sword. All right, well, our winner is Castle Wars from Halo 5 with runners-up, uh, the Hostess Club from Yakuza Kiwami 2, and the Pico 8 version of I Celeste didn't from even Celeste. cut on 2018. <laughs> well, we didn't. Good who this cares? Moment. We discovered it in 2018. Nobody cares. It's very good. 343, if you're listening, you shouldn't... Please make it a permanent mode, and please put it in all the games, and don't even, don't even make a Battle Royale mode. Just do this. Make a Castle Wars game, and have a temporary seasonal side mode called Halo 6. <laughs> Dude. Oh, free-to-play free-to-play Castle Wars. Please. Oh, I'm oh. so into it. Castle Wars eSports. 
Hmm. It's beautiful. All right. Well, we've reached the end of the podcast, and thus we have reached the plug zone. Ryan, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, no, not really. I'm on Twitter at BluestRose430, but it's on private. So if you're not following me for some reason and you're listening to this, then just send an invite. I'm on Discord. Discord is bluestrose uh, nine two seven seven. I guess I'll just, I guess I'll just plug my Discord. <laughs> I mean, that's, All right. I don't really like looking at Twitter that much, so that's probably the best place to just chat. So, cool, cool. Um, as far as us, you know, scanlinemedia.com, patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Check our shit out. We'd appreciate it. Um, and I hope you've appreciated all these gimmick awards categories, because now that's it for the categories. We, we gave out all the awards. Good note to end on. Indeed. Yeah. Ah, boy. It's been a... It's, 2018 was a year. I, did, I have not listened to the other awards yet, so I don't know. I just Whatever I know about these awards, I'm looking at the doc. Um, and, I mean, Celeste got nominated for That's Our Jam, so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, runner-up. So, mm-hmm. you know, did well, did yeah. well. You listen to Pop Stars? That's a good song. I have not listened to Pop Stars. You listen to Pop Stars. But until you do, <laughs> thank you, everyone, and peace out. Have a good one. <laughs>